Hello, this is William Lewis with One Christian Family, and I am here today to tell you just a little bit about how I came to Christ and the way I've seen him work in my life with the hope that through my story, some of you may come to understand that our Heavenly Father is waiting for you with open arms. I'm not going to get into a lot of scripture in this particular uh, session, simply because I want to focus more on what I felt in the lead up to my decision, as well as what caused me to go ahead and take that leap. And I'm really wanting to speak to everybody, but especially to those who maybe have a similar mindset to what I had in the lead up to my coming home to Christ. And I'm guessing that there are a number of you who might be listening to this who find yourself in that same headspace of simply not being able to take that leap of faith. And so I'm hoping that you'll hear my words and that through them, the Holy Spirit will speak to you and will help you to make that move. So I'm going to go ahead and get started. Before I do, I do want to pray. And Father, I just pray right now that anybody who's listening to this will be touched by you. And, and Holy Spirit, I ask that you would move in the hearts and minds of everybody listening to open their minds to your word and open their hearts to your salvation right now. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so up until October of 2017, uh, for 16 years, I was an atheist. Uh, in fact, I not only believed that there was no God, I believed that those who did were fools who were too weak to handle life on their own, and who needed the crutch of religion. Anyone who tried to engage me on a conversation about faith would quickly find that I was happy to discuss it. However, I did so with the clear intent of making them see why they should focus on logic and reason instead of a fantasy. See, the issue was that I had boxed myself into a prison of logic, and anything that challenged that logic I simply could not accept and couldn't understand why those around me could. Somewhere around the first half of 2017, I started to feel something change inside of me. I felt a yearning for something more inside of me that nothing in this world seemed to be able to fill. Now, I was raised in the church initially, so I had an idea what it was, but frankly, I was too proud as well as a little scared to accept it. I was too proud because I was the guy that everyone knew as the atheist. The guy who didn't need religion to tell me how to live. And I was a little scared because I'd spent the last 16 years of my life telling people that God didn't exist. And that Christ was a made-up story to make people feel better about themselves. If there was a God, I figured I was pretty screwed. And after all... I'd always heard about this vengeful God who smote his enemies. I was certainly an enemy of God. How could I possibly come to him now? So for the next five or six months, I just tried to ignore the feeling. Even as it kept me up at night and literally filled me with an almost overwhelming sense of wrongness, you know, at times there was, I just simply continued to ignore it. Uh, there were definitely people that I could have gone to, um, people who I knew 
had a relationship with Christ, people that I knew, uh, knew the word and could have helped guide me and answer my questions. But the reality is that I was just too stubborn, and so I just bottled it up. Well, praise God, as stubborn as I am, we are all, after all, made in God's image, and he's even more so than I, and he just wouldn't give up on me. One evening, I dropped off a co-worker at a small group, as I did every week, and as I began to drive home, she actually called me up and asked me if I would like to join them. Now, at that moment, I responded before I even fully registered what I was responding to. And I mention this because this isn't something I would normally do, and I know now that this was the first step in the Holy Spirit working in me that night. So I drove back to the house I had dropped her at and discovered that the small group was in between sessions, and so they were doing a fellowship potluck with some small activities. I participated as they did prayer cards while thinking in the back of my mind that these people were crazy and I needed to figure out a way to leave without being rude. But no matter what my mind might have been saying, my spirit was on fire. The feelings that I had been going through over the last several months were now boiling inside of me and building up further and further as I listened to these men and women speak of God and pray for each other. Then, at the end of the night, they decided to do testimonies, and by God's grace, I was actually put at the end of the circle. And so I heard each of these men and women speak of their own experience with Christ, and I just continued to get beat up by the Holy Spirit inside of me. When it came to me, I actually sat quietly for a moment, and then I remember I hung my head in, in shame. And I said, I feel like a hypocrite sitting here. I'm an agnostic. Kind of upgraded myself in the moment there. And I don't believe in any of this. And it was as if the floodgates just broke within inside me, and all of the fears and doubts, all of the worries and, and pain that I had been feeling over the last several months just came pouring out of me. And I don't know if it was five minutes or, or half an hour, I honestly don't know, but I just sat there pouring out my soul to these strangers. And as I finished talking, I looked up and honestly really fully expecting to see condemnation or to be you know scolded and confronted and you know, with anger, you know, to have them trying to convert me, maybe a Bible coming out of my head, you know, out of a corner somewhere. But instead, the gentleman to my right simply put his hand on my shoulder. And I'll never forget, he just said, we love you, brother. We're here for you. If you have any questions, we're happy to answer them. And just want you to know that you're welcome back anytime. I was absolutely stunned. But that grace, that willingness to let it drop at that kept me from putting my defenses back up. And so I decided to come back. And I remember I told my brother at the time, I said, I'm just checking this thing out. I've got some questions. I'm just going to go to a couple of these meetings, check it out. It's probably not going to go anywhere. You know, but I decided to go back. And they had just started a new series called 40 Days of Prayer that Pastor Rick Warren of Saddleback Church does. And so I started trying to go along with it. And I'm trying to pray, feeling like a little bit of a fool. You know, I'm talking to the air and it's just, you know, I'm not feeling anything back, but I'm like, I'm going to stick with this. I'm going to try this thing out. 
and then had a lot of conversations over over this period with um, my now wife, who was the the individual that I had actually dropped off at the meeting. Um, had a lot of conversations with her. Had conversations with other people. Yeah, I had conversations at the small group and trying to get some questions answered and just trying to wrap my mind around what was happening inside of me. And then about three weeks in, on a Wednesday morning, which was the day of the small group, I woke up and I was having a horrible morning. Everything that could possibly go wrong was going wrong. I had woken up late. I couldn't find things that I needed. You know, it just seemed like one thing after another, and then I got the worst possible case of hiccups. I mean, these were those like deep, painful hiccups that just would not go away no matter what I did. And this cynical voice in the back of my mind spoke up and said, if prayer is so powerful, why don't you pray about it? I was ready to laugh it off. That's what I've been doing for 16 years. The hint of anything supernatural, the hint uh, of any suggestion to do anything that didn't make logical sense. I just laughed it off and moved on. But then another voice spoke up, and, and I now recognize it as the voice of the Holy Spirit, spoke up inside of me and said, no, pray about it, see what happens. And so I decided to give it a shot. I'd been doing this 40 days of prayer, and I thought, why not? So I just said a, a real quick, short prayer. I said, Father, Take away these hiccups in Jesus' name. And just like that, they were gone. Now, it was a case of hiccups. It's not exactly earth-shattering miracle. And look, I know any of you out there that are skeptics are listening to this and going, well, yeah, okay, so the hiccups went away. Big deal. You know, placebo effect. Whatever, right? I get that. But see, two things came to me at that moment as well. Two messages just fell on me. The first was that no matter how small something may be in our lives, God wants to be involved. And that was important for me at the time because I had always, in addition to simply not being able to logically accept the existence of a God, I had always added, well, if there is one, why would I matter? Here I am, this insignificant speck of dust in the universe, in a world that has so many more problems that are of such higher consequence than anything going on in my life. Why would I matter? And so that first message was that I matter because God wants to be involved in our lives. And the second message that came was I didn't need to understand. That it's okay that there are questions that I simply can't answer even now. And as I record this, I've now been a Christian for a year and about four months, studying regularly, getting into the Word regularly, learning as much as I can, absorbing everything I can. And there are still a lot more questions that I can't answer than I can, but that's okay. And that's what I understood in that moment, is I don't need to understand everything. I simply need to accept it and have faith in it. And the way that I picture it now 
is I'm standing in the valley and I'm, I'm in the forest and I'm looking for the right path to go down and I'm trying to make the right decisions based on everything that I can see, based on my perception and my understanding of the world around me. And I look down a path and it looks good, but I can only see so far down before it hooks and I can't see anymore. And I don't know what's there waiting for me. And I maybe go down a path and all of a sudden I hit a snag and I don't know how to get around it. So now I'm searching around again for a way to go because I'm using my own perception. But God is sitting back on a mountain. He's looking over the entire valley. He can see the entire wood and he can see the end of the path from the beginning. And he can see every obstacle along that path. He knows what's coming. He knows what's in front of me. And he can either guide me around it or give me the strength to get through it based on what he needs done, based on the plan that I don't need to understand because I know he does. And so I can simply say, okay, I know there is a plan. I don't understand it. I don't get the answer to all this, but I know there is one and I'm going to accept it and I'm going to do my part as God gives it to me. And that night at the small group, after this came to me, was the one night during that 40 days of prayer that Pastor Rick actually did an altar call. And I came to know Christ that night. I gave my life over to him, and I accepted him as my Lord. And I made a decision that from that point forward, my life was his. And my life has been transformed since then. And every time that I look back at it, I think about it, and a verse that always strikes home for me is Luke 15. Now, in this... Christ is talking to the Pharisees, who were the religious uh, teachers of the day. They were kind of like the, the legalists of their day. And they are questioning him because he's daring to sit with sinners and with tax collectors, which was a big no-no if you were a Jewish man at that time. You didn't do it. Because sitting down and eating with them said you agreed with them. You were okay with their lifestyle. And so the Pharisees and the Sadducees were attacking him for this. And in response, he told a parable. He told it in three parts. But the part that jumps out at me is the parable of the lost sheep. And in the uh, New International Version, it says, Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. See, God is, isn't waiting for you to get perfect to come to him. He's waiting for you to come to him so he can make you perfect. And I know that there are some of you out there right now that are listening to this and you're going, yeah, I get that and that sounds great. And you know what? I think that you're right. I think there is a God and I believe that he is there, but you don't know what I've done. You don't know the sins I've committed. You don't know the people I've hurt. You don't know the hearts I've torn out. But I'm telling you, God does and he doesn't care. God knows everything that has happened in your life and everything that will happen, and he doesn't care. Because all he wants is for you to come home to him. He wants you to turn to him 
and say, I'm ready to come home. So if that's you, if you're out there, if you're listening to this, and as I've been talking, something's been stirring in your spirit. The Holy Spirit's been speaking to you, and you know that there's something that's not right. You know that if tomorrow something were to happen, or if Christ were to come tomorrow, he wouldn't know you. And you're worried about what comes next for you. then I want to offer you a way home. Now, this isn't me convincing you. Because if I could convince you somebody who's much more charismatic than me can come behind me and convince you that everything I said was wrong. But if the Holy Spirit has been working on you, then I want you to take this opportunity. Don't wait another moment. And here's the thing, even if tomorrow... Christ doesn't come and nothing happens to you. Every day that you wait is one day less that you have to be able to spend in fellowship and in relationship with your Heavenly Father. And I'm telling you, there's nothing like it. So the Bible tells us in Romans 10 that if we believe in our heart, that Christ died for our sins, and we confess with our mouth that he is our Lord, that we will be saved. So if that's you, if you want to come into that relationship, I want to give you that opportunity right now, and I'm going to ask you to just pray this prayer with me. It's not the magic words. This isn't a spell that when you say it, everything's great. This is... It's something that you have to wrap your heart around. You have to wrap your spirit around and believe in it wholly and grip onto it. And when you do, then the Holy Spirit's going to grip onto you and going to begin to work within you to make a change in you. So I'm going to pray now. Heavenly Father, I come before you now as a sinner. But I repent of my ways and I turn to you. I believe that you came down to this earth and died for my sins. And that on the third day you were raised from the dead. And that you opened a way for me to come home. I confess you now as my Lord, and I give my life to you. I pray that the Holy Spirit would come and work within me to make me the man or woman that you want me to be. I thank you for your grace and your salvation. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Now, if you just said that prayer, this isn't the end. You didn't suddenly just stop on your journey. You actually just started. And as one of my pastors at my church always says, there are two things that every Christian needs. The first is a Bible. There are some great tools online that have it. And if you prefer that, 
wonderful. Open Bible is a wonderful tool. A number of other ones out there are great tools. But I personally, I like being able to hold in my hand because I like to be able to pray and then just flip into it and see where the Holy Spirit takes me. And so I'd like to offer to send you a Bible. If you go to onechristianfamily.org or you can email at info at onechristianfamily.org Send me your name and your address and I'll send you a Bible, no questions asked. Additionally, every believer needs community around them. And I'd love to help you find a local church in your area that fits your needs and that will help you to grow because we all need a community to grow in, to celebrate with, to grieve with, to learn from, to support us and to help support them. We need that as believers. And so I'd love to help you find one. If you don't have a church that you can go to that you know of, contact me at that same email, info at onechristianfamily.org. I'd love to help you to find one. God bless you all. And have a wonderful day.